Are you looking to expand your mind? Do you like to challenge and be challenged? Looking to improve yourself and share your experiences professionally and personally? You're in the right place. Welcome to ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Surd. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of ScoutCast. My name is Rolf Surd, and I'm your host. To introduce to you an old colleague of ours, Michiel Rook. Uh, he's a very experienced, passionate, and pragmatic freelance IT consultant, and it is his mission to help companies significantly improve their software quality and delivery process. Uh, Michiel is a regular speaker at conferences, so he's no stranger to taking the stage. I think he even has had a DJ career in the past, although we might uh, get some more uh, uh, insights on that later. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think he's nervous at all for this podcast, so that is good. Uh, outside of his work, he can be found on a bike. We just had a little conversation about... Uh, riding bicycles, so maybe we can touch upon that a little bit as well. Um, and he's a platoon leader in the National Reserve, so uh, yeah, man, maybe he's like uh, that full metal jacket guy <laughs> shouting and stuff at... Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, as a former Scout employee, we share a lot of values, but Michiel uh, was drawn to the freedom that freelancing gives him, so he decided to, uh, yeah, to go out on his own. And uh, Today, it's all about getting his perspective on freelancing or joining a company, as he was part of the company some years ago. So uh, welcome, Michiel. Good to have you, you on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, nice. And uh, so we have some more people here in the studio today. So uh, Arno is uh, a regular guest here as well. Yeah. So Arno, did you ever freelance in the past? No, I never did freelancing. No. Never considered it either? Um, yeah, I did consider it, but... It never came to be. I always thought uh, I had more to learn from other people. Uh, okay. In my mind, it makes sense to uh, be in a company then. Yep. And uh, another guest that we have as well is Sylvester. Hey, man. So did you, ever, did you ever freelance, Sylvester? I actually did, yeah. I, I, okay. I joined a smaller company after leaving a previous employer. Uh, that didn't work out. So then I decided to freelance, which I did for, I think, almost one and a half years. All right, and, so you, uh, you do have some freelance experience then. So you know what it is to be in a company, you know how it is to be a freelancer, and you know how it is to actually start a company. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have lots of experience, yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we would like to start out with uh, a little uh, exercise uh, that we've got from the, the book from uh, Patrick Lencioni, The Five Dysfunction of a, of a Team. And uh, it's all about, uh, you know, getting, uh, yeah, getting a sense of belonging for each other, show some vulnerability, you know, hopefully uh, break the ice a little bit, I guess. Uh, so we picked two questions, and uh, I think we're all going to answer them. Um, and uh, I guess it's only natural to, uh, to let the guest be the first one to answer, you know, because we are polite and, uh, and educated people here. But he might be a bit scared, huh? Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, he looks scared a bit. <laughs> so, uh, the first question is, uh, Michiel, how many siblings and where do you fall in the siblings order? Uh, I have two, a brother and a sister, and uh, I'm right in the middle. So, um, my brother is older, my sister is younger. I'm the, the second in the order. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I, well, I don't know your brother, but I actually have some music made by your brother in my record collection, which I didn't yeah. know, like there was before we even met, so uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's yeah, Nicolay, yeah. so you guys should look it up, like, uh, you know, Foreign Exchange, some pretty good music. Uh, and the other yeah, question... He's, uh, oh. he's into, uh, yeah, hip-hop and, and, and R&B and soul. And, uh, so, also the gangster rap a bit, like you? Uh, <laughs> like you <both>. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, he doesn't, he's a producer. Ah, okay. Um, so, and he, he, he moved to the States um, over 10 years ago, yeah quite a bit over 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe even, um, to, uh, for his career. And, uh, that's been, uh, been going very well. So yeah, Nikolai, that's, uh, that's his artist name. To look it up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, Abigail, what was your worst job? And you're going to get yeah, the was... points if you say four scouts. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen, right? No, four scouts <laughs> was, was, was definitely not my worst job. I, I, I was thinking about that a little bit, like, um, because what, what is, you know what? What is a bad job? But uh, my worst job, I guess, was when I had uh, uh, my my paper route uh, when I was, God, I was thirteen or fourteen years old, I guess. And I mean, the job was not bad in the sense that you know it paid well, it taught me a lot. But um, especially like last week when it was so cold over here in the Netherlands, uh, I I saw pictures of people you know on their paper route. 
yeah. slipping and sliding with their bike all over the place. And and I remember doing that. Like, you know, you had your bicycle with then on the Tapers. rear. Yeah, rear yeah. Ra rack was filled to the brim with newspapers. And, and I even had uh, like, uh, what was it? The, the TV guides, um, which were pretty heavy. Yep. So and then my bike would just fall over, you know, top heavy. And especially in winter, that was... Uh, um interesting let's, is that where your love for like bikes that. come from or not no no not no not really but uh it taught me a lot about you know uh perseverance so it, it was a good job but it was it also sucked at times like sucked bad so yeah, yeah. okay well that's cool uh so uh, i guess sylvester you're up next so uh, how many siblings do you have and where do you fall in the siblings order oh i have a younger brother and a younger sister uh, and an older brother, so uh, kind of in the middle. Okay. And what was your worst job? Was well, actually, it I, I told the story uh, a few weeks ago as well at the climb where we did the same exercise. Okay. Um, and I had to think about it, but I, I ended up with it's actually the only job I've ever been fired from. And I was uh, working in a supermarket. Which one? I won't mention the name, but it was in a okay. local supermarket. The super supermarket, if you uh, want to know. <laughs> okay. And um, basically, what I had to do, uh, you had to put the, if you fill uh, one of those cabinets, I think it's, it's called, right? So you have to put new products in, but then first you had to bring the old products to the front. And I never understood why. And it felt like a useless exercise. Yeah, in first in, first out stuff. Sorry? First in, first out, you know? Yeah, I get that. But, well, I hated the system. Okay. So I wasn't really good at it. And well, anyway, it, it took a while. And then uh, we jointly decided it wasn't a job for me. Uh, and I think that's actually where I developed my passion for. I want to do useless, useful stuff instead of uh, what I perceive to be rather wasteful. Because the thing is, all those shelves are basically empty by the end of the day. So why would I pick the oldest thing and bring it to the front? Well, I know that it's going to be empty by the end of the day. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, so Anna, what about you? Like, do you have any siblings, and where do you fall in the siblings order? Yeah, I'm the. I have just a, one older brother, so I'm the youngest. Oh, okay. So did he pick on you a lot, or? Well, I don't think so. I actually think I was pretty bad for him, to be honest. You know, that's what you do as a younger brother. I can also see it with my youngest kids. You know, it's it's. Like the youngest is the you most annoying. Smarter, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah. I think that's the way it works, yeah. right? You cannot, uh, physique doesn't work, so you got to think of other ways. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think uh, my brother took some, uh, took some pain there, here and there okay. from the parents. I All hope right. he's listening to this podcast, though. Well, <laughs> no, I I'm think not sure if I'm going to... This might be a good start, right? Yeah. And what was your worst job then? Well, <clears throat> I actually, uh, yeah, my worst job was a summer job. I don't know, I was 15, I think. Was also at a uh, pretty uh, recognizable uh, postal uh, company, let's say. And what I had to do, go to the the center of it, and they had like this long, I don't know how you call it in English. I think some sort of conveyor belt, where you have like crates, like ten or twenty next to each other, with a light above it, and then the post just went like this, and then sometimes it fell in a crate. And I did that like for hours, right? And if the crate is full. You have to get it out and put it on like a cart and then put an empty crate in there again. That's the job. That's it. Factory work. Oh, uh... oh my God. So I, <laughs> I think I did it for a few months and I think I went brain dead there, but I'm not sure. That sounds very fulfilling. But I'm pretty sure my IQ dropped for at least 20, 40 points. <laughs> so I think right. that was my worst job. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It sucks, man. So I guess uh, that leaves me. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I am the second youngest of four kids, uh, so I have an older brother and an older sister and a younger brother. So that's. Um, Are they listening in or not? Uh, I don't think so. My my youngest brother actually knows about the podcast, and I invited him, but uh, he's kind of sucky. He doesn't respond to my invitation. So uh, so either <laughs> so he. This uh, is official then, or not? Yeah, yeah, man. Younger brother Rolf, are you joining? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, Don't I'm be, calling uh, him out, man. Out. Exactly. <laughs> Because he knows then. a lot about, he, well, I don't know. He knows a lot about nearshoring and stuff. I don't think he's scared. I think he's just lazy, but we'll see. Or maybe okay. he thinks the podcast sucks. That could also be it, right? I don't know. Yeah, then you can bring it on to say what we should improve, right? Exactly. You know, need some feedback. 
Uh, yeah, and about my worst job, that's also uh, in the supermarket, man. Like, I worked at the Albert Heijn for like one year, and uh, yeah, that was super sucky. Not so much the first in, first out stuff, but just like annoying customers asking me questions that I, you know, like why certain products weren't sold anymore. It's like, yo, I just put them in, man. I don't know, right? I mean, and, and then they get angry at me for, you know, not knowing why certain products aren't being sold anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't understand it. So that was a pretty, uh, pretty sucky job. So you do, you do the same now at the supermarket or not? Uh, no, actually, no. I hardly ask the, yeah. the people that fill the stuff where everything is at, right? Because I know how annoying it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So that's a pretty fun little uh, little exercise. Um, but I guess now we can go on to the uh, actual subject of the show, right? About freelancing, because uh, yeah, Michiel chose freelancing over joining a company, and uh, yeah, we would like to know why, Michiel. I guess yeah. it's more than one reason, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a few. Uh, I started in 2009. Yeah, that's when I registered my company. So that's that's uh, some some years ago already. Um, and I remember I was, I was sort of on the, you know, on the, on the point of changing jobs, uh, the, the job I had at that point, uh, I didn't like, and I wanted something different and that triggered me into thinking like, what do I, what do I want to do? And, um, do I want to join another company or do I want to start my own? Uh, do I want to? And and would that be just me, or do I want uh, to hire people at some point? So that that went through my mind as well, uh, and I ended up choosing, uh, at least at that point, a freelance business, just me and myself and I. And um, how, how old were you? Well, uh, 2009. So that's 12 years ago. That's uh, 28. Okay. Yeah. So I had, I, you know, I had some work experience behind me. I was uh, a few years before I graduated from university. Um, and, and while I was still studying, I also had some work experience. So I had a bunch of, a bunch of experience, but I was like, okay, I want to, I want to see what's out there. And one of the things that um, uh, I think triggered me the most or was, was the biggest reason was I want to uh, see many clients and and built up experience that way and then you know share what i uh, learned at client a with client b and and do that in a in a quick fashion uh and so and then figure out what i want to do and and what i also felt that um being a freelancer gives you some distance to a company uh, you yep. know, and, and, you know, that's, that's the same for all consultants, of course, uh, whether you are a freelancer or where, whether you are employed by company and you consult at another company, there's always a certain amount of distance. And I think that's, that's a good thing. Uh, that's intentional. Um, and to some degree, that's why we are hired to consult at companies, I guess, as well, because we're not, you know, from the same, uh, from the yep. same uh, background and so that helps in seeing things and and addressing things. Um, so that those were some of the reasons. Uh, what's that? So you should, well, you don't have the feeling like okay, you always have to distance, but that also makes you not part of it. Doesn't that bother you? Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a double edged sword, of course. Um, having the distance means you're automatically, well, well, you you are and you aren't part of it. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, I've been at some clients for uh, months or in, in some cases even years. And so, yeah, then you are part of it, but you're also not part of it because you don't, you're, you're not part of the, uh, what's the, the proper English word for that, but the personnelsvereniging, for example, you know, the, the, the employees council and the employee club and yeah, yeah, whatever. You're not invited to the... No, and, and, and you know, no, the emails that are about, um, you know, what what's the... Uh, you know the, the the how they deal with with um, with employees that that all, all that stuff goes over your head basically. So you yep. you you are part of it, but you're not. So yeah, that yep. that that definitely is a part of it. Yeah. But it's not bothering you enough to say, okay, I want to be an internal, or or did it at one point do? Well, at, at one point I joined Four Scouts as an employee, um, so. Yeah, th that is something that 
keeps going through my mind. But you know, I I have um, my my you know my my fixed colleagues, if you will, my um, my long term career. I've been with the as Rolf said in the introduction. I've been with the Dutch Army since uh, 2010. So I've I've been serving for 11 years now as a reservist, um, and that's my 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 family, my my colleague group, if you will, right? That's that's the um, the sort of uh, the thing that doesn't change. It hasn't. Well, of course, it changes, but uh, that's my my. The, I'm, I'm an employee with with the army, essentially. So yeah, like I said, like you kind of replace like the colleagues from work to like okay, you know, I'm also doing this army thing, and I see these guys, and we have you know certain. Uh, parties or outings together so that's okay like you're not missing it because you're getting it somewhere else no that's that's part of it and to a certain degree i mean i have i've had clients where i was very much part of the group where even though i was a freelancer and i've also had clients where you always felt like the odd duck and yeah. you always felt like okay this guy is temporary um we hired him to do xyz and once xyz is done then bye-bye um, yeah, yeah. and, but I've also had clients where people were, uh, sad to see me go, you know, um, regardless of whether I chose to go or whether, uh, they ran out of money or whatever. Um, so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag, you know, I've had, uh, one of the things that, that was very interesting to me now that I remember it, when I just started out in, in 2009, I came from a job where people had difficulty giving compliments to each other. It was a bit of a bit of a nasty culture, if you will. And then I started like in the summer of 09 with my first gig and, and one or two weeks in. Um, so I was a freelancer and the, the, the guy that hired me was like, dude, uh, what you're doing, this is really helping us, you know, and he was he was paying me good money for it. There was no, no employee employer relationship. He did not have to do that uh quote unquote but he did and i was like wow that's such a difference right that um even if you have a contractor relationship with somebody that people can still be happy with what you're doing and so um i felt very much part of that company then um but it's been yeah. it's been mixed so how did you actually get your first job then? Because if you start as a freelancer, I can imagine yep. that, okay, you start, but then what, right? You might have a network, but you might not have. I think you're 28, pretty young, one, yeah. two jobs maybe. So your network's pretty limited. Yeah. So yeah. And that. If you remember, 2009 was not the best of uh, um, uh, years in terms of the economy in the Netherlands. Uh, yep. I, yeah. I think I started my company when we were pretty much rock bottom uh, in, in oh, the Netherlands. That's the best place to start, no? That's yeah, place. well, uh, yes and no. Um, on the one hand, I was I was super scared, like, you know, this is this may not be the right time to do it. Did did I fuck up? Did I? Um, uh, are we allowed to say that, by the way? Are we explicit? <laughs> Well, we had, we had some, uh, yeah, we we had some hiccups in the past, so but we 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 tried to limit it a bit, but uh, okay. it's okay, it's okay. Well, and that, so did did I did I make a mistake in in choosing this this path now this year, uh, two thousand nine, or um, does it help me to to get rid of you know the um, the administrative stuff that you need to do when you start out, you know, to fill in this, uh, submit that, yeah. I got all that stuff out of the way. And then at some point that train started rolling. Um, and I was glad that I had all that stuff sorted. But coming back to your question, Arno, uh, how did I get my first uh, gig? Well, I started um, advertising myself on a few sites. Um, and some stuff came from it. Some, some were uh, more idiotic than others. Like uh, I remember, there was some uh, somebody that wanted to wanted me to build a social media site uh, akin to what Facebook was at that point. And I said, "Okay, what's your budget? Three thousand euros?" I said, mm -hmm. "No, not so much." <laughs> uh, so I had a few of those, uh, and I was like, "Okay." And then by chance, I stumbled on a company uh, in the city where I live, Utrecht. And um, they had a few things going on. 
And I ended up working for them for months. And that sort of bootstrapped my network. And um, yeah, the, the networking thing is difficult. It can be difficult. You know, uh, I, I, I'm not very into cold calling people. Um, uh, most people don't like being called cold. So that, you know, that but, goes but in the time that. were you already thinking about how to position yourself or was it more like, yeah, I just going to talk to people and see what happens. Because right uh, now I think you're positioned yourself on a few things. Yeah. Like on the well, CICD part, right? Yes, exactly. Is it something that um, grew? Is it something that already was or? No, that grew over time. Uh, I mean, um, I was at that point, I was just a developer. Um, and of course I had my, my ideas and my opinions, uh, but the, the focus on continuous delivery and, and DevOps came over time. And I was doing a lot of these things while, even without being aware of it consciously, like the, the DevOps thing to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, DevOps, I was, I was doing in, in, uh, 2003, four, you know, because we were, I was part of a small company back then and we just had to. You know, there was nobody that we could call to uh, to configure our servers or whatever. We had to do that ourselves. So even though we didn't call it that, we were doing that, you know. Um, so it was, I, I guess it was only natural that given what I am passionate about, that I, I grew more in, into doing that. So I, uh, yeah, that's what I focus on right now, mostly like CICD, uh, DevOps, uh, transformations, stuff like that, and um, quality as a as a whole. You know, the focus on quality in software, and then through quality, uh, get speed uh, rather than the other way around, um, because that rarely works. Um, and and that's also how I guess we found each other. You know, you you sort of um, one thing I found out. Is that the the number of people in the Netherlands, at least, that think about this thing on a high level? That group is not so big. No. Um, so it's it was only natural that that you at some point you meet those people, you know. And that um, um, well, I met Sylvester uh, um, first of of everybody, and. Uh, that was when was that, Sylvester? Yeah, I'm thirteen. The year, but it was at a big uh, job publisher, a job yeah. board. Yeah, twenty fourteen was that? Some or maybe uh, earlier? Yeah, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember. And you know, coming in as a freelancer, and he was doing PHP, and I'm like, what? But I know, it turned out to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know the work that we did, and also the work that I did before and after that that very much shaped. The direction I'm taking now, and that's you know that's uh, I'm I'm not I I like planning, but I also like to uh, have things develop organically, like um, and and that's what this is. I mean, I I found my passion. I found the thing that I'm uh, that I like to talk about. That I like to. But also, about. Uh, is that also how the uh, the speaking at conference came about? Where you just said like, hey, you know, let me just see how this goes, and it also you just kind of fell into it, or was it also something that you said like, nah, this is really something I want to do in order to position myself as a freelancer? A um, little bit of both. Uh, I started okay. initially um, uh, submitting to conferences based on you know tools, so doing talks based on tools, uh, doing a demo of a tool or or whatnot, and I found that while people were interested in it, I really wasn't that interested in it. And uh, at some point, I uh, I had enough experience, I felt, um, that I could tell stories, um, case studies, and uh, storytelling and, and, you know, case studies, uh, learning. Um, those were the conference talks that I always liked the most listening to, you know, as an attendee. Yeah. And at like this was around the 2013 2014 period as well that I started developing like okay I now have enough stories to tell now I just need to figure out how to tell them. Uh, that that's the most difficult part I uh, I found that you know while you have something in your mind creating a structured story about that is very difficult. Um and then it was sort of you know um 
one thing led to another. I started getting accepted at more conferences that shaped my thinking, that led to me uh, having more of a profile on those subjects. Uh, I think work maybe. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, led to some, have, some uh, gigs. Uh, yeah. yeah. And in your freelancing time, right? Especially at the start, I can imagine. Did you ever not have a job, like be on the bench for a few months? Or is it always like consecutive jobs after each other? Um, the most amount of time I spent on the bench uh, in all those years, I want to say, is not more than one or two weeks. Yeah. And so I remember, really especially in the in the first few years, when you haven't really listened or realized that um, there's only so much hours in a week, and while you can work all those hours in the week, that tend to, tends to get old pretty fast. Um, and at some point I was like, okay, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. And then I, um, built in some, some off time between two gigs. And that was, uh, my, my girlfriend was like, what, what the hell uh, are you, is that you you're building in off time? Yeah. And that, yeah, um, and she said to you, uh, go back to your job because this doesn't work for me or <laughs> no, 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 we, uh, I mean that, that, that worked out very well, but. Um, okay. Uh, that's something that, yeah, you only have to, you know, you have to experience at least that that's what I think the, um, one of the problems with freelancing, um, is that the only direction of scaling you have, well, you have two directions, right? You can either increase your, uh, hourly rate or you increase yeah. the number of hours that you work. Those yeah. are the two, the two axes on which you can scale. Um, uh, the hourly rate, um, there's a sort of a, you know, a sort of a limit on it, right? D dictated by the market, the conditions. Uh, I mean, I could Should ask for, uh, uh... well, I, I could ask for the, the, the rate that, for example, a top lawyer would ask. Um, I could ask for it, but I just won't get it. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe and... you should be a lawyer then, huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, That's boring. Yeah, I yeah. guess I would not be very good at that. I would hours 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 in a day are also capped, right? Like you can only work twenty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what I found out the hard way. Yeah, actually, you can do that days in a row, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, the scaling thing that in terms of hours that you work, yeah, I tried that, and uh, that only goes so far. So, yeah, um, when you're in your your fourth or fifth week of doing eighty hours, then it gets kind of gets kind of tedious. Painful. Yeah. So how many hours do you actually work then? Uh, right many, now, well, if if you exclude all the other things that I do, uh, my my freelance stuff is thirty two, and that leaves me. Uh, that's something I've learned over the years, um, so that I have time available for other things. You know, my army work that takes up significant significant amounts of time. Uh, I like to ride a bike once in a while. Um, uh, and then when all that is said and done, maybe I want to spend some time with, uh, with the significant other. Um, right. You get, so he's you not listening in. Eh? Yeah. Yes. You gotta walk the dog, man. Yeah. Then, some, uh, some, some might say the dog is my significant other, but <laughs> let's not ask the dog. <laughs> but so, uh, you know, because yeah, one of the, the pros of, of being a freelancer is to be able to manage your own time. Uh, but is yeah. this, this, these 32 hours that you mentioned, is that also including like, you know, finding a new client while you're still at a job or, you know, doing your administration or, you know, taxes, all this stuff, like, uh, does it no, all fit into really. your schedule? That, yeah. That, that, that gets added onto it. So really it's a little bit more, but, um, you know, the, um, typically I work somewhat longer contracts. So, uh, the, the amount of, uh, client searching that you have to do, that's not super significant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do my own taxes and administration yeah. just because I like doing that. That's really the only reason that takes some time. Yeah. Um, but that's you know that's one or two hours every so uh, every so often. That's not. It's not weekly, also, right? Or is it? No, and yeah. because you know because I've been doing this for a while, you get more experienced at it, and yeah. it doesn't take that much time. At least not as much as it used to. Okay, and uh, Sylvester, I saw you looking a bit surprised that he said like, "Oh, I like doing the administrative work." Is it well, uh, not the same for you? Be a lawyer then, but. <laughs> No, that's all I know. I, I, well, from my perspective, I don't like doing the, that kind of work, and that's quite right. a bit of it. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's okay. Yeah. It's also that being a company owner and and having a company and especially with employees, yeah, the administrative burden is a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you're just um, just a, a one man show the amount of administrative work is not too bad, but I know a lot of freelancers that, uh, that have an accountant or a bookkeeper, you know, that, yeah. that, um, basically say like, I don't know all these numbers. I don't understand them. I don't want to understand them. Yeah. Here, here's everything, uh, in the, in the, you know, here's a shoebox with, with yeah. stuff. Please make it go uh, away. And, and whatever. And, uh, you, you go figure that out and make sure I don't pay, uh, too much. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I like doing that just to, you know, to tweak with the numbers a little bit. Yeah. And, and in, in the beginning, you mentioned like, uh, oh, you know, I, I want to go freelancing because it allows me to see, you know, more clients in a shorter amount of time and to learn all kinds of new stuff. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of people join uh, consulting companies. Have you to do the exact same thing, right? For the exact same reason to have, you know, multiple clients, you know, get more uh, uh, experience. Did you ever consider doing that before going freelancing or you were from the beginning like, okay, now nah, I just want to do it by myself because, uh, you know, I don't need a company to facilitate that kind of stuff for me. Um, well, in the beginning, no. When when I started, I it was like, okay, I want, I want to try this on my own. Right. I think that was mostly it. Like, can, can I do this? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was not on, not so much, or or not only a question of um, of me wanting to go freelance, but also a question like, can I do this? Is, is this yeah. something that that I can make successful? Uh, is this something that I can uh, that I can do that I can excel at? Um, so it was m more of a test for myself as well. And then at some point, uh, when I met all of you, that. Uh, the question of do I want to do this as an employee uh, became a little bit more interesting. Um, and as it turned out, I mean, I was with Four Scouts for, I think, exactly one year. Yep. Yeah. And uh, as it turns out, um, the the work we do is, is similar. So it wasn't about the work. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, I, I, I want to be the only one that I have to deal with in terms of, you know, um, Look, look at myself in the mirror. I'm, I'm, I want to be the only one accountable for my own success. Yeah. And that's ultimately what made me go freelance again. Like, uh, uh being part of a company has uh, plenty perks yep. that, that wasn't the problem, but I want to be accountable for what I do and, and me and me alone. And that's, that's ultimately what led me to, uh, you know, to go freelance again, to yeah. resume my freelance business. And no regrets, right? So no, far. not right now. No, yeah. no, that's good. Right. Yeah. Because you, 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 I mean, you know, it uh, did, uh, I don't, uh, I don't think in terms of regrets ever. I, I think in terms of possibilities, things you tried and things that you learned. Okay. And, yep. um, you know, I, I think I would have, regretted not trying it yeah of course it's better to try and fail than not try at all right yeah, and yeah. and you know it's 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 a, a a period of time i mean uh we've all worked uh, very well together even when mm -hmm. i you know when i was still freelance and during when i was a four scouts employee and after um uh, all of you have always been a, an important part of my my network and my circle so whether it's freelance or an, as an employee that doesn't matter to me personally um and it's it's about the work we do yeah i think more than anything mm -hmm. okay i consider it to be an experiment right because i still remember those conversations and also remember that i well i pushed uh, rather hard to convince you or to to trigger you or to, let's make <laughs> yeah well, well to put it in your words you kept on nagging until he joined yeah, that's what i said before this podcast but so <laughs> anyway yeah you can also just Say I just want to put it out there. Oh, well, that's uh, that's very close to reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, it, it worked, and I thought, well, I think this is better. But I think what you just said is actually kind of uh, a little spot on, right? You, you had your own. Uh, you want to have your own responsibilities, your own, your yeah. own uh, schedule, your own uh, course. And that makes sense. I think a company is basically, well, in the end, as a group of people who want to move in in a similar fashion, right, as a team. And I think that's the difference. At least that should be the difference. I don't think this is the same for all freelancers, though. No, I don't think so either. Some some of them very much are in it for the money. Uh, 
some of them are in it for uh, you know for altruistic reasons um um well i'm in it what i've also met freelancers and i don't consider them freelancers anymore that have been on their same spot for nine or ten years yeah that doesn't rhyme with Which, me. I, I, in, in that case, I think it might be more about the money than anything else. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, the money the money is nice, but don't get it twisted. The, the amount of money you spend on an employee, you know this very well, is uh, that's significantly more than what the employee ends up seeing in the bank, right? And, and some of that stuff is what a freelancer... Uh, pays as well and and i mean we there's been all this discussion right in in dutch politics about yep. the, the tax benefits so-called that that freelancers have and and the distance between freelancers and employees and um there's there's one thing i want to say about that is not every freelancer uh you know it's it's not a, a homogeneous group and I mean, uh, an IT freelancer such as myself versus uh, a freelancer uh, that does Deliveroo, yeah. uh, even yeah. though they're not allowed to be called freelancers anymore, I guess. But, you know, there's there's quite a significant distance between the two. And that's... Um, well, that for me, that's also another point. But somehow this is about social security, I would say. Because if you are on the of freelancing... Are we losing Rolf? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we lost Rolf. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. So, no, oh, yeah. Sorry, the Wi-Fi uh, did a little hiccup. I'm here, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, cool. that's okay. <laughs> uh, what's your question, Arno? Well, I just wonder, I think that touches the social security for some part, right? Because if you are a delivery freelancer, which you're not supposed to be called anymore, I think yeah. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder, how how did you actually set this up? Did you think of a, do you have like insurance if something happens to you? or? Well, initially I had nothing. Initially, I had nothing, and that was—I mean—that's that's that goes for a lot of freelancers. And yeah. um, there were a couple of triggers that that made me do something. Um, I on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, when my girlfriend and I bought a house, um, we found that you know if if things were were pretty well orchestrated, if I were to uh, die, yeah. But if you were um, you know, to go into a wheelchair, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, but indeed, if I were to, you know, suffer some sort of accident and not be able to work, but I would not be dead, mm -hmm. uh, then we would have a financial problem because, um, uh, you know, the, she would not be able to carry the mortgage on her own. Yep. And I would not be able to uh, pull my weight. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I were to to expire then uh a, a sum of money would come and then you know the, the problem would be solved at least the financial problem yeah um yeah. so then i started um uh, um getting health insurance health yep. insurance you mean uh uh the, the kind of like the insurance that if something happens to you you get yep. some kind of uh yeah yeah, so disability insurance is that, that's I mean it's not health insurance because it, health insurance is for when you get sick and you need to go to the doctor of course yeah. but this is uh if if I were to have something and I would have partial or complete disability yeah. uh, um, and I would not be able to do my work I would have uh some sum of money. Yeah. That used like, to be uh, super expensive, right? Per month is it is it still super expensive? I mean it's not cheap but it's a lot better. Yeah. Um, Oh, and, and like a, it's collective now or something, right? I mean, there are structures no, out there. Well, collective. I mean, it's it's as collective as car insurance yeah. in the sense that everybody has car insurance, and so the money is pooled, but it's not collective. And there's there's no um, social uh, agreement behind right. it. Okay. Um, and that's that's a big discussion now. Um, one of one of the gripes I have with it is that there's uh the potential for rejection on medical grounds when which you, sign you up. do not have as an employee when, when you sign up yeah. for it you mean or can you yeah. can you also be rejected like yeah. a couple of years down the road yeah, i know people that have been you know for example if you if you uh uh become sick for example if you are a, a cancer survivor mm -hmm. um then uh, and you start your own business and you want to get insurance like that then that becomes a problem right Oh, very expensive. And I also don't think that's fair. No, it's, it's either going to be very expensive or they reject you outright. 
but you will have some sort of uh, issue to deal with. Um, but yeah, so I I ended up doing that, and I have a few other, you know, like if I were to end up um, at a client like kicking over a plant or something like that, break something, you know, yeah. something physical, I have some insurance for that. Uh, and also maybe like uh, if you need to hire a lawyer or something, do you have insurance like that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there there are some some uh, insurance stuff. My own my my personal belief is that you should only insure what you cannot pay yeah yourself yeah oh so, you know for that's why we have uh, car insurance so that if you uh run your car into something or somebody that's usually something you cannot pay on your own so that's why you yeah. why you have insurance uh if fire insurance for your house you probably cannot pay uh a constructing a new house yeah. you know um but if I were, to, I don't have now? insurance. I don't have insurance for my laptop, for example. Yeah, right. It makes no that, sense. Yeah. No, that makes no sense. Or your phone, right? When you buy a new phone, they always ask, like, "Do you want this insured, sir?" Yeah. Like, uh, no, yeah. thank you. Actually, I yeah. found out I am insured for my phone. I dropped it once. Well, it happens more often than you would think. But <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I buy my phones with credit cards, so most of those credit cards have automatic insurance. Oh, uh, but if you can be very nice. time, then they start giving you advice on how to deal with your phone. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are the, yeah, that's some of the things that I that I don't insure. Right. right. You, you mentioned car insurance. Do you still have that BMW? That M, yep. M3 or something was it? No, it's not an M3, but it's a three series. But uh, I am I'm going to try starting it tomorrow. I haven't I haven't the thing hasn't started for nearly two months, I guess. Okay. Uh, because of the lockdown, there was no. I mean, we have one car that we use to do groceries and stuff. So it's been sitting in the garage for for a long time. All right. It's still there. Um, I, I checked today, but... Uh, <laughs> That's going to be see. interesting then. Yeah. Yeah. Rusty. yeah. Well, at least yeah. you're insured, right? If it's, well, I guess you, you're not insured for uh, letting it rust. So. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it will rust because, I mean, it's, oh, okay. it's in the garage, but uh, yeah. But, yeah. Cool. And uh, you know, do you self see? Uh, do you see yourself being a freelancer until you can retire, or are you like, no, I want to, you know, either start a business with a product, or I want to join a, a company and 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 you know, do something I believe in, or do you, are you more like, okay, nah, man, I'm just gonna freelance until I get enough money to quit? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. Um, that's uh, especially because the retirement age seems to. Uh, Seems a moving target. Yeah, it gets extended all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, who knows? Uh, I might uh, reach it at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, in general, I I only do the things that I believe in, or I want to do the things that I believe in, and whether that's as a freelancer or a company owner or an employee, um, I I guess um, that would be an implementation detail. Right. Yeah. Also, did but let in H, are you actually worried about that stuff? Because I don't see myself going on an actual pension as in doing nothing. I kind of hope doing no. whatever, having fun well, I was, I die, and then, okay. I was talking about that with, with somebody the other day about, you know, what would you do if you win the lottery? Would you would you quit working? Oh, yeah, it was my sister. My sister was like, I'll, I'll, I'll quit working, like, right then. I was like, no, I won't. I mean, I, I might work less, but... I still want to do something that's fulfilling, right? And and just you know, spending that money on on yachts and whatever. I mean, that might also be fulfilling in some way. But wow. I'll, I'll probably be an M six in a garage, right? Maybe, yeah. But right now, that's no. <laughs> there there will probably be more expensive bikes than cars at this mm. point. Okay, okay. <laughs> Current time. But well, what if the you know what if the the, the military offers you like a pretty sweet job like oh man you could be a general somewhere or something is that something you would consider yeah i mean it's uh, uh never say never never say never i think uh, rolf's uh, wi-fi uh, went away again yeah, yeah he's yeah. smiling but, uh, so i do wonder yeah, by the way do you have your pension in check do you have do you have insurance for that for your pension or nothing yes yeah, okay, yeah. so you are insured for that or not? Yeah, there are a few uh, like like financial constructs that you can use uh, over here where you can, uh, you know, basically 
uh, put some money into an account and then uh, that money is protected. So, uh, for example, if I were to go bankrupt, then the money in that account would be untouchable. I, I yeah, cannot okay. touch it even, right? Um, Until uh, you retire. I, yeah, I mean, I could touch it, but I would pay a, a hefty sum, hefty fee to, to access it. But it's it's in a in a separate account. I don't uh, pay taxes on it right now. You will pay, and the 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 idea is that you uh, once you reach the retirement age, it's uh, it starts giving you money monthly, and then you pay taxes on it, right? And so, um, uh, I, I every year based on what I make, I put some some money into that, and then uh, that's locked yeah. essentially. Yeah. So we've been talking about money a lot. Um, have you ever had difficulties collecting your money? Like a client who, you know, was super late on payment and you had to yep. actually actively, uh, you know, go over there and say like, yo, you got to pay it now or. Yeah. I've had a client go bankrupt on me. Okay. That was, that was interesting. That yeah. took, uh, I think four or five years for them to say, no, the, all the, all the money that was there, uh, is now taken by the, the tech service and the bank right. and yeah. what remains for all the other creditors or, uh, is, uh, uh, exactly zero. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And did you work long there? Like, did you make a lot of hours or was it like uh, a, it one was, or two it months? It was a pretty significant sum that I lost. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's what they say is is uh, the risk of uh, of running a, a business, of yep. course. But it's it's one of the less nice things yeah. about running a business. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, man, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. and you know there have been clients where I had to. I mean, I'm I'm not uh, the type to do the loan shark thing, like you know, uh, show up at somebody's door and uh, and uh, with a break their leg if they don't pay, but. <laughs> Go, um, go military on their ass. <laughs> uh, I've 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 had situations where I where I actually there was one client that he was completely unreachable. He, he did not pick up the phone. That uh, I actually went to his house, like, mm -hmm. uh, and asked what the, what was going on, and uh, uh, that he was still that he owed me money. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's that's not not cool if you have to do that. I mean it's um, if if you um if you have some work to be done then you know you also need to pay them yeah, or, yeah. or yeah, not share about somebody yeah. yeah for sure yeah so all things considered you know with all your experience in uh, in freelancing and also being at a company like what would you recommend uh for i guess you can only speak for the it crowd i suppose but like would you recommend every everyone in the it to at least try going freelancer or is it no. only for a certain specific set of people with a mindset of being you know their own boss yeah you i guess you need to be a little bit independent and you also need to be a little bit of a risk taker uh -huh. um and and you know um b being an employee for some people is is more safe yeah and and there are there are people that you know do not uh for example, my sister, she she tried freelancing for a little while mm -hmm. in a completely different field, and that's not for her, right? The chasing the money, chasing a client, looking for new clients, the, the, yeah. uh, that gave her anxiety. Yeah, and, it was stressful, for sure. Yeah, 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 it can be. And and so she did, want, she did not want to deal with that. And she was like, I want to have, you know, work in a company where somebody else is doing that for me. And because... Uh, I don't add value in that way. So then I can, you know, focus on how I can add value, which is, yeah. you know, do, do my thing and not bought and not worry about all this other stuff. Um, so it's not for everybody. Yeah. And how would someone know that they are up for the task? Like, is it just something you feel or just something you well, want to do? Well, ask yourself the question, what, what would happen to you? It's, it's like when you open, um, an account where you can share or, or um, uh, go into stocks, you know, yep. and you go to stockbroker and they have to ask you this, uh, these questions, give you the survey, like, uh, what's the amount of uh, losses you would be able to accept? You know, yep. what, uh, what are you prepared to lose? Yep. And I think that's, that's one of the key questions. Like if you, if you are an employee right now and you were to go freelance, but you cannot get a client or you get a client that doesn't pay up or, you know, something like that. And you would have to essentially eat your own money for a while. Yeah. Uh, do you have a buffer? Do you have, 
savings. Um, are you comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, are you comfortable with not knowing maybe how it's going to turn out, not not knowing what it's going to be like a year from now? And yeah. if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe it's not your thing. Yeah. Uh, I think current times kind of prove you never know what's going to happen in a year. Uh, no, of course, of course. Um, and and for me, it's also it, it should not be just about the safety, right? Because honestly, if the only reason you're being employed by someone because you feel safe there, I don't think that's uh, that's that should be it, right? I think it's also about you want to be part of a bigger thing, right? About being part about a, a group with a shared vision. If that's your thing, if that's what you want to do, then I don't think you should become a freelancer, unless right. you join forces with other freelancers and well, basically become a company. But yeah, and even so, I mean, um, you need to have some sort of an independent mind. And now the independent mind uh, uh, can can function very well as an employee as well, right? Um, yeah. But I've also encountered people that were, that were um, maybe docile is not the good word, but I think you know what I mean. Is it passive or? Yeah, to, to some degree that that do their that do the work. Mm-hmm show up at nine, leave at five, they do the work, it's it's of reasonable quality. Uh, I mean, it's not spectacular, but it's also, uh, I mean, it, it also doesn't okay, touch. It's somewhere in the middle. Yep. Um, I'm sorry yep. about the supermarket, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think people that are comfortable with that, um, yeah. they would not work in a in a consultancy like Four Scouts, but they would also not work as a freelancer. No. Right. Um, because they they would simply be too passive. Yeah. Well, while you say that, I remember what I just said, right? I, I still encounter freelancers that have been working somewhere for 10 years and they feel like, yeah. well, yeah. type of person you're describing. I don't know how they did it. Well, maybe they're the outliers. I don't know. Um, or they forgot I, to fire them. Right? Yeah. Or maybe it's kind of like uh, the office. Or the office it's like thing. Milton, right? Yeah, the red stapler. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I do have another question, yeah. right? Just, just, yep. just my last one. Were you ever fired from a gig? Like, got contract. Bye bye. I was fired, but from from uh, I, I was also like Sylvester. I was fired uh, at the supermarket where I was working. Um, but I was never. I was never. I mean, I was. Um, no, fired did did not happen. I mean, uh, as a freelancer, at least. So the. What does happen is scouts, right? Just to be uh, completely clear. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. <laughs> it was a mutual agreement, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mutual understanding. No, no, no. The, the, uh, all jokes aside, what what does happen at uh, freelance gigs is like we are running out of money. That happens. Like yeah. we're yeah. running out of budget, um, and um, you've reached the end of your of the value add. Um, and or you reach the end of the contract. Yep. Uh, and in some cases, it, the contract is very well defined. It's like once you reach goal X, uh, then we part ways. And you know, it's. I mean, that's very clear. That's very defined, and that's and that's perfectly fine. I yep. mean, um, if you buy a car, you don't expect your the car dealer to to stick around as well. You know, you. I mean, you did the service. I give you the money. Thank you for the service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. And right. and I see what you're thinking, Sylvester. There, I mean, I've had clients that that you know, when I delivered something that came back to me like later, like that something needs to be changed, or you know, there's some sort of support contract or support structure. Uh, but I've also had contracts where you know it was okay end of contract you delivered what you needed to deliver bye-bye yeah. that, that was nice you know everybody's in agreement this was good yeah uh, what yeah what we what ordered did, uh, was delivered what if I, did a company or a boss in, uh, i know you just said oh, sorry oh. uh oh, sorry I'll, I'll at the end of your value add so what's the period for you? What's what's the limit, right? Because I'm assuming you mean, okay, uh, we we also sometimes call this a bit more negative, maybe, but okay, we are becoming part of the problem we're aiming to solve, yep. right? And that's when for scouts at least starts rotating. So we bring in fresh blood, fresh minds, and well, try over again, or yep. start over again. Um, so what's your uh, time frame? When do you consider yourself an oh, this is not going well? Um, well, no, it's, I should have said that simply. It's time to switch. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's um, like, like like you said, it's you become part of the problem that, that does occur. Um, one of the things I said at the beginning of, of this episode was um, there's a certain amount of distance that you have as a freelancer to a company mm -hmm. and or as a consultant to a company in, in general, whether you're a freelancer or, or not. And I think that's by design and that's useful because that allows you to you know, put your finger on whatever is going on in a company. And, you know, it's typically variations on a theme, of course, the problems that companies see. But um, uh, as they say in Dutch, fremde ogen dwingen, you know, uh, strange eyes, uh, they they they, uh, they tell you a problem, a problem that you may not be able to see when yeah. you're inside of the company, yeah. of inside of the problem. And as you are part of a company for longer as a, as a consultant, then you start becoming a little bit well, numb maybe but also a little bit more less sensitive to the the problems the things yep. that are going on you accept and certain things, things as they are yeah that maybe, you, yep. you become more accepting of it and that makes you maybe less effective so right. yep. i don't want to put a hard number on that because it varies from company to company um but you know um, I would say that if if you're still around after after a few years, then maybe it's time to start uh, thinking about something else. But it may also be that you have something that what you're doing is super fun, you know. And yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not something. It's not absolute. I think it's more. Uh, I've been with companies where after two months it was like, okay, I'm done with this. So. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, have you ever uh, also? Yeah. Have you ever also had to uh, serve multiple clients at the same time? Like, let's say Monday, Tuesday, I go to client A, and then you know the rest of the week to client B, or even more. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, Monday through Friday, client A, and then the evenings, client B. Yeah, that okay. happened. Yeah. Uh, and and especially when I started, uh, I was not so good in scheduling things, or um, things had a had a weird way of you know piling up. Yeah. Uh, client A would be delayed, and client B would be advanced, and then all of a sudden, what I was going to be um, very well separated in the in the calendar. Yeah. All of a sudden, bumped together, and you're like, "Shit, what do I and, do now?" And yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you have to do those things. Yeah, it, I mean, it happens. Right now, I'm I'm working two clients uh, because yeah. one client had a had a uh, an acute problem that I wanted help with. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to leave you out in the cold." Um, but that means I, I need to do some stuff in the in the evenings. Yeah, and that, and that context switch, it's, you're okay with that. You're comfortable with with switching. The... Yeah, yeah. I've 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 always been pretty good at that. You need to be pretty good at that. I mean, as a consultant in general, I think you need to be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's also something you train over time uh, and become better at. Um, it can get pretty tiring. I mean, if it's not only the the clients that I have to context switch between. You know, it's also my home situation, yep. uh, the army, uh, other stuff. Uh, so that sometimes uh, it can get a little bit tedious, but uh, so far I've managed. All right, cool. So uh, yeah, I think we're nearly running out of time here. Uh, I do have one more question though, because uh, you know, before we started recording this podcast, you were, you guys were talking about riding a bicycle. Yeah. And I was just wondering like, uh, you know, how many bicycles do you own and how many Lycra suits do you own? <laughs> uh how many bikes do i own well um always uh, one less than i have to own that's the okay. rule. Yeah. Uh, the right amount of bikes is n plus one where n exactly. is the Current amount of amount bikes, bikes. Yeah. Have. Uh, so i have three um right oh. now uh two road bikes and one uh, mountain bike uh but uh i can see the fourth coming already um and then your girlfriend uh, forces you to uh, get rid of one, or is she okay with you adding one to the uh, to the roster? Well, it's, she doesn't see them because they're stored in the in the garage. So ah, that's know. a smart, smart move, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the lycra suits, I mean, yeah, she uh, she she um, chuckles about them from from time to time um, yeah. uh, because I'm I'm almost uh, a mammal, almost a okay. man in lycra. Yeah, almost. Um, um, my, you know, my excuse is that I uh, tried to ride bikes on a, on a level. I, I uh, uh, race on amateur level, yep. but still I'm a mammal. Um, and I have enough Lycra suits to, or uh, sets of clothing to yep. have uh, two or three sets for every season. Okay. 
So that's enough, you would say. And then, and I, I can switch around, and you know, I've, I have uh, clothing that ranges from uh, what was it last week, minus ten or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, comfortable um, to uh, something like a plus thirty-five, and everything in between. So I have a lot of clothes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's an expensive hobby. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's cool. And uh, so you said that you were doing uh, races, like amateur races. So yep. I guess, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if I should be asking this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, do you have to shave your legs for those? Uh, some people say that I do, but I don't. <laughs> but and you could be faster, man. Say, ah, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, you've managed to postpone that for, for now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I mean... Um, and that that's not really my thing okay yeah that's cool okay do we need proof or are we okay with that nah, i'm okay with that to be honest but, uh... <laughs> I, i'm not sure my camera would show it <laughs> yeah. yeah okay it's gonna be a picture later on okay that's mm -hmm. fine <clears throat> yeah we'll, we'll put it in the show notes all right <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the uh, episode, uh, we usually ask uh, everyone to uh, to send uh, a tip out to the uh, to the listener. Uh, I think we forgot last episode, so I want to reinstate that for this one. So, I don't know, Michiel, do you have a tip for the listener? Like, uh, I don't know, music or uh, anything in particular? Freelancing. Freelancing, maybe? Or yeah, yeah, I want to give one. I've been um, listening to the Talking Sopranos podcast. All right. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Sopranos the, the series, uh, yeah. and I rewatched it last year, um, and then I found out that two of the of the actors, Michael uh, Imperioli and Steve Sharipa, they have a Talking Sopranos podcast where they um, uh, Michael played uh, Christopher, one of yep. the main characters, and Steve play, uh, played Bobby Bacala, and um, so they have a podcast where they do one single episode is one single Sopranos episode, and they uh, have a guest. Uh, you know, another actor or director or whatever, and then okay. they go through the episode and have stories and wh whatever they encountered. So that's something that's very cool. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Sylvester, do, do you have a tip for the listener? Cool book or something? Uh, let me take. Yeah. Uh, what well, why you think? Maybe I know. Do you have? Uh, do, do you have something? Then Sylvester can look around and. Oof! I also have to think about oh, it. To be honest. All right. Uh, well, then I, I guess I'll give my I'll give my tip at first, so you guys can yeah. think of one. Uh, so uh, last weekend I watched a nice movie on uh, Videoland. I think it was. It was called What Is Don't Leave Them. Uh, it's a Dutch movie, and uh, you know I had a blast watching it. It sounds a bit cheesy, but it's actually a lot of fun, right? It's like a I guess a, a comedy. So did you get I an answer with uh, Temptation question? Island? To be honest. Well, Temptation Island is done now, man. Like yesterday was the ah, last okay. episode, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and did you get an answer about what, what to leave them? Uh, yeah, at the end, uh, yeah. Did they the explain? End. Okay. Well, no, nah, they, they didn't give They it broke it. up, huh? Yeah, exactly, man. But hey, no spoilers. Oh. No spoilers. Oh, okay. no spoilers. Well, I, actually, I started, finally started, came around to uh, reading uh, this one, Eckhart's Notes. I'm not sure if you've read it. Uh, no. I have not. Oh, I, I actually think it's pretty cool. I always What's the author? It was uh, rather unique in... Uh, all the way we organized and how much responsibility we pushed back. But apparently he thought about it uh, a long time ago. That's okay, who is the who is the author? Um, Eckhart, Eckhart Vincent. Oh, all right. He's the founder cool. of uh, BSO, the company. No longer exists. I know, did you think of something or? Uh... Yeah, it's got a, for the people with kids. I think everybody should watch the, the uh, I've watched two episodes now, I think. To watch the series Klasse, I think it's called, it's Dutch. Okay. But it shows a bit uh, the difference between uh, social classes and schools and what it does with kids. And it's pretty disturbing, to be honest. <laughs> okay. How? As a, father, as a father. You should watch it and then I'm like, oh, bring your own opinion on that. All right. I think that's for another episode. Uh, yeah, we can have a podcast class. about kids for sure. No problem. Oh, well, you can bring the kids. Well, I don't know yeah, if that's a good idea. That. Yeah. All right. Well, at, uh, heart, at heart, we are all still kids. Exactly. True, right? Yeah, true. I've never reached uh, over 12 them. years old. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Michiel, thank you very much for joining. Uh, yeah, it's man. nice seeing you again. Uh, it's, yeah. it's been a few years, I think, since we, uh, yeah. since we spoke. So this is pretty cool. I liked it a lot. I know, Sylvester, I want to thank you guys as well for uh, joining in. Thank yeah. you. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, after Grana, I will uh, reinstate, uh, well, beers and barrels, I think. But... Uh, 
and and a pool game has been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah although it's... our office is about to, uh, well, <laughs> we canceled the lease. Gone, but, uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And what? Where's the pool table going? In into the into the pool behind you, Arno? Or? I thought your garage. <laughs> I just heard it's kind of like a man cave. So uh, no. <laughs> my, my BMW would object. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, but it's on tape now, right? So you guys got to make it happen. I would, I would, I would love to uh, to hang out one time again. Sure. sure. Yeah. Likewise. Cool. All right. Well, and uh, I would like to thank the listener as well. Uh, although, uh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Sorry, I had a little hiccup there. So yeah, I want to thank the listener as well. Uh, as always, you guys uh, are free to send us some feedback on uh, podcast at fourscouts.nl or uh, Twitter at fourscouts. Uh, you could also send a voice message on our anchor page. That's the uh, message button right there. So uh, please do that. We would love to hear you. Uh, yeah, what you have to say, uh, Michiel Rook. Where can uh, people find you? I'm on Twitter. It's at uh, Michiel TCS and um, my uh, first name last name dot nl. All right, Michiel Rook dot nl. We'll put that in the uh, description of the episode as well. All right. Thank you, everyone, and until next time. Bye-bye. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Serg. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit 4scouts.nl and on Twitter at 4scouts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows.